Light snow and minus nine in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Joe Biden's election will change Canada-U.S. relations. The Trudeau administration has been dealing with an unpredictable president in Donald Trump for the last four years. Global's Abigail Beeman has more. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau issued a statement midday Saturday congratulating both President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Trudeau said the Canada-U.S. relationship is unique on the world stage and he looks forward to working with the new administration as, quote, We tackle the world's greatest challenges together, including COVID-19, climate action and economic prosperity on that list. All Canadian federal leaders congratulated Biden. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh sent a separate tweet noting Harris made history as the first woman and person of colour to become vice president. He thanked her for sparking, quote, the imagination for generations of young women to come. Abigail Beeman, Global News, Ottawa. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. We have heavy winds and icy road conditions this morning, so make sure you're driving with extra caution, especially on your bridge decks and on and off ramps. Currently, volume is very light around the city. I'm not seeing any big delays. As for construction in the southwest, Crowchild Trail northbound between 17th Ave and Boat Trail has two right lanes closed and speeds reduced to 50. In the southeast, northbound Barlow Trail at 90th Ave has a left lane closure. And in the downtown core of 5th Avenue southwest between 5th Street and 4th Street has been reduced to a single lane. Earn your MBA from Queen Smith School of Business right here in Calgary. Find out more at smithmbaincalgary.com. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Louise Van Dam. A Black Lives Matter mural in Sunnyside has been defaced for the second time. Container Park in Sunnyside is an arts and culture hub where artists use shipping containers as their canvas. The Black Lives Matter shipping container was first painted in June for a fundraiser, but it was vandalized a few months later and has now been damaged again. Artistic director and executive producer with Springboard Performance, Nicole Mayon, says art reflects what communities are feeling. In intense times comes intense art. And uh, I think that we're contending a lot with things uh, right now, uh, with what COVID has laid bare in us all and the systems that we are a part of, as well as how we are wanting to function in society. Several other BLM murals have been completed or are set to be painted in Calgary, including one in Chinatown. An Alberta doctor isn't too concerned about COVID-19 transmission amongst people wearing masks and social distancing. In speaking with 770 CHQR's Daniel Smith, Dr. Lyora Saxinger with the University of Alberta says she's more concerned about people bringing the virus into medical facilities. I think there's some validity to the idea that, you know, can we diagnose where the transmission is so that we can actually prescribe the right kind of fix for it. Saxinger says perhaps the scariest place in a hospital are break rooms when people let their guards down and interact with their colleagues. A collision on the south side of Calgary left one person in serious condition yesterday. Police say a vehicle burst into flames after hitting a median as it traveled westbound on Stony Trail at 52nd Street Southeast. 
A photo by a witness showed a white truck engulfed in flames as his front end was pinned against the pole. The driver, the lone occupant of the vehicle, was taken to hospital in life-threatening condition. It was one of many crashes in Calgary yesterday thanks to the wild weather. Calgary police responded to 20 collisions last night with non-injuries and four with injuries. Global News Sky Tracker weather, 2 to 4 centimeters of snow today. It's going to be a windy day with it blowing north at 50 kilometers per hour. Gusts of up to 70 this morning, a high of minus 8. The wind chill making it feel like minus 21. Clearing tonight, a low of minus 11. Sunny tomorrow and a high of minus 2. It's minus 9 at 9.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and it is, uh, it was sort of blowing last night like crazy. Uh, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> My neighbor down the street has uh, big wind chimes going in his backyard. Um, we don't live right beside him, so we don't hear it as bad, but uh, it's you can hear it. It uh, feels like we have a bunch of churches around our house, so it's kind of cool. Anyways, last night, blowing, blowing, blowing. So get out, check any of your trees and that for any broken branches and things that maybe fell onto the house. It was pretty windy, and uh, so there could be a little bit of that. I know I looked on the cameras this morning at the garden center, and uh, there's no snow in the parking lot. It all just blew right through, so uh, no shoveling today. So it's that sort of that real light snow. Unless you're at the end of the wind area where you're blocked in, then you're going to have big piles of it. So, But if you'd like to join me, Phone lines are wide open. You can call me at 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text line. If you want to send any pictures or any of that kind of stuff, um, by all means. So that's 403-974-8255. Or in a town, 1-800-563-7770. And uh, Jen's going to call in from the greenhouse uh, this morning around 920 just after the first break, and we're going to see what's hot in the greenhouse this morning. I know we got a bunch of uh, Christmas cactus and a few other things, some ideas uh, of uh, how to spruce up the house a little bit over these long winter. It's hard to believe when we get winter, like we're in it now, so we got, what, November, December, January, February, March, April, so it's six months. And, uh, yeah, it's a long time. So might as well make it nice and uh, cozy in there. I know we expanded our tropical house and uh, at the store and uh, expanded our Christmas area for more socially distancing shopping and uh, sort of big one ways each way. So lots of stuff's going out and uh, all our new stuff from Holland was going to get start putting out this coming week. I know we're a little bit behind on the receiving, but uh, they're going to be going hard on it. So by next weekend, we'll have a good portion of everything out. Um, but lots of good stuff out already in the Christmas market and starting to see it from some of the other garden centers. I was talking with Colin yesterday from Plantation. We're just talking about uh, Christmas trees. And so those typically, if you're looking to get a fresh cut tree, you'll see them come in from the most of the, the garden centers, we get them in usually that last week, sort of the 20th of November. And uh, so you'll start seeing them in the in the lots and at the garden centers around that time in no, in November. Again, you just want to make sure you find a nice spot for it. 
lots of water. Make sure you have a good sturdy stand if you're going to be doing it. And I wouldn't wait much this year. It sounds like there could be a bit of a shortage. I know all of us got shorted a little bit on our supply. I know we had to scramble to find a few more. And uh, so there is a, a, it sounds like there's a limited supply. So just uh, make sure you, uh, if you are, if you are looking to get a, a fresh cut tree, make sure you just don't wait too, too long. If you're thinking you're going to wait till, to the week before Christmas, you might be out of luck at that point. And uh, another thing we're going to talk about all the porch pots, all those great ingredients for all your porch pots are arriving all the the cedar boughs the pine boughs the birch sticks and the dogwood and uh we actually have a a new one that we typically don't use at this time of year um but one of our suppliers showed us some pictures of she has a bunch of pussy willows that she wintered over and saved them for this time for the christmas season because she had used them before in their pots. And actually, they look fabulous because they add that. They look like little clumps of white snow in, in your outdoor pots. Um, so so for the porch pots. So we're going to have some uh, pussy willow um, branching this year as well. And we're also doing a bunch of the live tree porch pots. So you just leave them out all winter, keep them a little bit watered, and they should live and be able to plant them outside. So it will be um, a tree that you can have and and then plant outside. A lot of them we have decorated as gnomes right now, which is uh, kind of cool. The porch gnomes, people love those. And uh, anyways, I, I got a, and this is one that's been going all over the, the house plant feeds all over Calgary and, and that, uh, all the different types of, Christmas cactus and it says, good morning, Merle. This came across my social book feed. Not sure if it can answer those questions on these cactus, but I must have a Thanksgiving one in my house because those are the ones in full bloom. I have the same one right now. So one with a little bit more pointy, they bloom, they typically start bloom right now. And they, I think they follow the, obviously the American Thanksgiving. And then there's two more leaves that are a little bit rounded and those are the ones that are um, there's an Easter cactus. It blooms later in the in the season, obviously, or early in the season, depending on what type of calendar you're at. And then we have the Thanksgiving and the and the Christmas cactus. But they're all part of the 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 cactus family. Just three different varieties that typically bloom at different times. So, but. Um, the ones that you'll see between now and Christmas are typically a lot of times the, the true ca Christmas cactus or the, or the American Thanksgiving cactus, which really you can't really tell the difference a little bit more of a pointed leaf. But it's kind of neat to to see the the different ones and people ask why their cactuses bloom at different times. And that's why there's different varieties and they, they're typically sent to and they bloom at different times of the year. So it's kind of interesting how that works. Um, another couple of things that I uh, want to talk about. We we got some seeds. We got all of our herb seeds in. And I know we're trying to get a few herbs in. Just waiting for a little bit better supply. Should have a bit more in, hopefully, within the next week or so. Um, some basil and lavender. Sort of the basics at this time. 
it's uh, it's tough at this time of year. Um, sometimes with the light, as we get the shorter days, sometimes the basil and some things don't like it that much. So we kind of like to wait a little bit. Days start getting a little bit longer here. Well, actually, they're getting shorter until well, about December 21st, and they get longer. So some of these little plants, unless you can supplement with a little bit of light, they will struggle um, some of the herbs and different plants like that. So anyways, and I got one more here. Got a fertilizer question. What is the best way to store the remainder of fertilizer? About a quarter left. It is from SIU and stored in the garden. Just keep it in a really, like, just a cool, dry place. Make sure the bag's sealed up. As long as it doesn't get wet, um, the granulars will, um, will be fine. What I would do is just, just bang it on the ground a little bit first before you put it away and just uh, ensure that it's nice and dry in there. And uh, and you should be totally fine. Just seal it up really nice, and uh, you should be totally fine storing that over the winter. And and it's a good time if you, even if you wanted to, you could throw that into your shrub beds at this time, or whatever you would like, and it would be there first thing in the spring for you to be able to to bloom like crazy and add that much needed food. Uh, and that's one thing working with a few people and getting on a good fertilizer program with your plants is is really the difference between succeeding and not succeeding, getting those great blooms, nice healthy um, growth. It's, it's just that we just don't have much nutrients in a lot of our soils. And even in our pots, when we buy a geranium, it's in a six-inch pot. And if you just leave it in that pot, there's really not a lot there. So it's uh, it needs the extra food that you're going to give it to, to move on and uh, and go from there. But right now, we're getting close to time for a break. If you'd like to join me, if you haven't already, 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text or 1-800-563-7770. And that is out of town. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Good morning and welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Calgary's favorite full-service garden center, Spruce It Up Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered and we're going to go to the phone lines and we're going to go, we're going to chat with Jen. And she's down in the greenhouse down at Spruce It Up this morning in the tropical paradise. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent because I'm I'm with the greenery now and out of that, that horrible winter wind. <laughs> it was windy, eh? Mm-hmm, for sure. It still is. It's, uh, yeah. So it's just nice to be in, in some green and bright for sure. I know it's a totally different feel. I know you sent me some pictures of some those bromeliads this morning, and those mm-hmm. are a great way to brighten up a house, eh? Kind of what I was thinking too, especially just even even seasonally with a lot of those kind of the brighter blooms and they're red-ish. You know, it ties into the kind of the Christmas theme, and they're easy to care for, and they they're just tropical looking, so they feel nice and warm. <laughs> well, yeah, and those ones 
I guess they would probably just hold their color for almost ever, right? Like Yeah, well, those blooms will kind of, they, the blooms last a really long time, which is what those are at the top, right? So, yeah, yeah. they last a while, and then they, they have little pups on the side, so that's how you can keep that plant going as well. Cool. Uh-huh. So, and we also, we were chatting a little bit about, um, as we head into the Christmas season, um, I know we get a lot of people with some smaller places or or don't necessarily want to buy a real tree or artificial tree, but they maybe they want to have a house plant. And you sent me some great pictures of that Norfolk Island pine. I love that little thing. I remember um, <laughs> this, every, the first time that I saw it, and I love in particular the top of that, uh, the Norfolk pine, just because it looks um, – I sent you some pictures of those, right? Yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah. just the, the top looks like a star. I just think it's so – cool i love that it's a soft plant i love that we have them in in a variety of sizes starting right actually at the four inch so they're super cute people are buying them to put little little ornaments on like you said right just in their smaller places and they can have their tiny little tree and then they've got a house plant kind of for the rest of the year and 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 those ones are nice and easy to look after too aren't they they're they're fairly easy they are they're super easy um the, the only thing they they like is humidity and that's it's kind of easy to take care of in, in many ways from misting to pebble trees to um, just even I bought it my own humidifier at home in addition to my home one. So, yeah, other than that, they, they don't some light, you know, kind of like a regular plant. Yeah, it's a it's a battle with the humidity in Calgary because mm-hmm. we, we do fight the dryness. We do. Yeah, but there's so much <laughs> now that we can do, you know, to, to help that, I feel. So, yeah, yeah just stay inside and... with your plants. <laughs> And I was chatting a little bit about the Christmas cactus. You sent me some pictures of, uh, so we got a bunch of uh, cactus in bloom right now. So you, you sent some great pictures. Looks like there's white, pink, red sort of thing, all kinds yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's, there's, so, um, yep. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say there's kind of like a peachy one too. So in those four-inch pots yeah. that, that I sent, it's like a the pink and the white and it's like a, a peach. It's, it's really pretty. Oh, nice. Yeah. So those are, and I know they're labeled Christmas cactus and all that, but if we really want to get technical, <laughs> these would be the Thanksgiving cactus. They kind of look like turkeys, eh? <laughs> is that how you knew what it was? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, kind of look, if you look at the leaf, it kind of has a pointy, like a turkey turkey feathers on the back, eh? That's, so. that's a good tip, Merle. That's a good tip. People can tell the difference yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're gorgeous. They're cute. They're, people are buying those things because they're just, they look, they've been asking for them kind of all to the end of summer and onwards. They've been waiting for them. So they're, here they are. So that's awesome. Yeah. The, the zygos and uh, so, but those are they're typically a like people identify them with Christmas and and Easter a little bit, not so much Thanksgiving, but there is that variety. But people mm-hmm. do identify um, certain plants with certain seasons, correct? Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're right. And I think this one is based on the um, the American Thanksgiving, right? So closer to yeah. Christmas for us, and that's why it's sort of marketed the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, and. I noticed uh, when I was in the store yesterday, we got a whole bunch of uh, amaryllis in. We do. Yeah, they're going crazy in here. So, um, well, yeah, I can't wait for all the blooms to happen. There's so many, and they're just they're popping up and ready to uh, to put on their show. And some of them, I mean, they're obviously at different stages, So, but the ones that are getting ready to go, they're just gorgeous. Yeah, you, you have some that you plant in soil, and then you also have the kind of interesting ones that are 
you can just put them right on the counter like they're sort of mm-hmm. a wax coated yeah yeah bulb. in all honesty Merle, i didn't even know that was a thing until this season i, I they're beautiful because the wax is also i think there's the gold and the red as well they're really pretty simple easy right Oh, yeah, you know, those ones you don't do nothing to them. You just take yeah. them out of the box That's and you, you stick, them on the, stick them in a little bit of a sunny spot. And you really don't even have to water them or anything. So they just sort of – they just live off the bulb. So it somewhat tells you how easy some of these plants can be. Oh, and for sure. And that yeah. if you have an emeralds that you do plant in the soil, don't water it too much. Like just, just uh, with all your plants, especially going into this season, I recommend to people this – let it dry in between waterings, no matter what plant it is. Like it just let it dry out in between. Yeah. And 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 some of your succulents and some of those things, you can let them go a little bit longer, but you don't need to stress them out just because they can take it. Like if it mm-hmm. if it's dry and you can tell it's really dry, give it another drink of water and uh it, it won't uh it it won't dislike that environment either. Especially yeah. in Calgary with it being so dry. You're right. I, and, you know, when the people that come in here would say, if they're asking about plant issues, that is the first thing we go to because people just want to love their plants. <laughs> so they, they water and they water and they water. And, and especially now, everything's kind of slowing down with this season and, and it's just not necessary for the plant. You're right. Well, I even see my son, Derek, he got a, a bonsai um, <laughs> juniper. Yeah. yeah, he did. And he's, he's, he's moving. <laughs> yeah, I know that you set him up with it. So he's, he's, <laughs> He moves it out out of his room every because he likes his room blacked out a little bit for okay. some reason. That's what seventeen year old guys do. Yeah. Um, but he moves his plant out every day into the window, make sure it has light. Then he brings it back in his room. It's kind of interesting Good to job, see. Derek. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. he's just paying attention, so it's kind of cool um, yeah. doing that kind of thing. And we and I'm definitely seeing a lot of younger people in at the store, which is kind of cool. It's. Super cool, and they're so informed as well. And and some of them are just brand new to it, but it's it's super trendy right now. And there's all sorts of different methods, and you know, from planting and trendy plants. And yeah, there's there's a lot of young folks. And as you know, our Jonah too, who's been in here, and he's certainly uh, working with us all year. And Jonah's seventeen, I think, and so his, his yeah, no, he's uh, one of Derek's buddies, and he's the one he kind of took on the plants a little bit more than the other guys a bit um, for the knowledge and really wanted to take it in. And um, I think it's just working with you because you're so cool. So he always wants to be like you. So hey, <laughs> that's what I tell him. That's what I tell him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's good though. But he's. Uh, it's and it reminds me like of my son and, and and a couple of his buddies working there and that's sort of when I started in down at Sunnyside in Bonas I was working in the in the garden center part time and and worked my way up and did my stuff and and learned along the way and mm-hmm. it's it's just it's interesting to see them um, really take it on and uh, and and learn because it, it's yeah. a, working at a place like a, like a garden center whether it's our garden center or other garden centers. Uh, if those kids, if they take the opportunity, they can learn a lot, and those are good life skills all the way through. Because when if you're at a party or a social gathering, which you won't be at for a while, but <laughs> it's always something to talk about, right? Like yeah. it's people love talking about plants. So I think so, yeah. And it's been really great having the parents in here supporting their kiddos too. Some of these young kids. I had a 14 year old boy in here, and he's on his second round of plants. Mom was in buying stuff for him. <laughs> um, yeah, That's it's, awesome. it's super cool. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, Jen. Well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. I got to go. I got to take a break. But uh, if you want to go down and see what's hot in the greenhouse, go down and see Jen and all her tropical babies, and uh, and we'll go from there. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Merle. All right. Thank you. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Light snow and minus 9 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. President-elect Joe Biden used his first national address last night to reach out to millions of Americans who did not vote for him as he vowed to heal a deeply divided nation. Alberta has added another 919 additional cases of COVID-19. According to Alberta Health Services, communities outside of Edmonton and Calgary under the watch status on the province's COVID-19 map are now subject to a limit of no more than 15 people at social gatherings. Global News Sky Tracker weather cloudy today with a high of minus 8. It's minus 9 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and we are in a little bit of a, I guess, a mini blizzard, it feels like out there, I guess. The wind's blowing like crazy. Looks like it's at 29 kilometers an hour. My little thermometer says it's minus 8. But when you look outside, it definitely looks a little bit chillier than that with the wind chill. So uh, if you're out there, make sure you cover up your your uh, your face and your ears and things like that so you don't get uh, any frostburn and uh, which which you don't want right now but right now I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Art good morning Art hey morning Merle happy uh, Sunday snowy morning hey listen I just, <laughs> wanted to give, I just wanted to give a shout out to your uh, your tree removal crew that came to uh, my place and my neighbor's place on uh, Wednesday morning, take, took a couple big old pine trees out so we can put some some uh, columnar aspens in in the springtime. But they did a great job, cleaned everything up, stacked the buckwood up, uh, super polite, fast, efficient. And then the guys who came on Thursday and ground the stump out, they were awesome too. So, uh, yeah, great, great job. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Art. It's always good to hear um, the good things. I know people let me know if it doesn't go quite right, so it's nice to hear when it goes really good. And, and Mark has a great team, and um, I, I love being with those guys too. Like they're just a bunch of passionate young guys, so it's uh, it's it's great to hear some feedback. So thanks, Art. Yeah, thank you. Take care. All right, take care, sir. Thanks, buddy. All right, and right now I'm going to go to – I got a few texts I'm going to go on to. And how do you grow herbs indoors and to keep indoors so they are handy for kitchen use? Parsley, basil, mint, oregano, chives. Like I said, what I'd like to do is you want to start with at least six-inch pots. And if you want to seed them yourselves, we have all the seed available right now. And a lot of it you can just direct seed into right into the pot, like the basil, the parsley. Um, the oregano, chives, thyme, all the ones you've asked, actually, you can you can just self, like just do direct seed right into the pot. So get a nice six-inch pot. Um, terracotta herbs love that. Terracotta pots or or anything clay-based. I try to stay away from the plastic and uh, just get a good, nice, good soil. 
put the plant, put the seeds in, sort of just, just bury them a little bit. Keep them fairly moist. If you want to cover it with a little bit of saran wrap at first or something like that, you can just till they pop up. And in Calgary, I do recommend a grow light of some sort if you have one, um, just to keep um, keep it nourished, keep the keep the light going because it is our days are a little bit short at this time of year. And I like to have them right on the counter. If you have a center island, just get yourself either in a trough planter or a six inch pot or some sort of thing so it looks good. And I would just start with two or three first and uh, and go from there and just watch for for spider mite. And then just with a lot of them is don't keep them too wet. Um, that's one thing we tend to do. Get them seeded, get them germinated, let them come up. And then after that, just let, let them dry out in between waterings. And they may droop a little bit. They'll tell you what's going on. Um, and you can go from there, but fairly straightforward. And I agree, it's so nice to have some fresh herbs right in the kitchen. I know I had them out on the deck all summer long, which was nice just to go out there and, and pluck some lettuce and cilantro and different things that uh, we grew out on the balcony, which was kind of nice. So hopefully that works. And if you go to the garden center, um, we have lots of help there too. You can you can chat with Jen or who's ever there, and they'd be more than happy to help you out with that. And here I got a, another text. It says here, hi. Hi, guys. Shelly from Calgary. Love your show. Here are two shrubs that I have at the front entrance. One photo is summer. One other is fall. The furthest is an ornamental lilac, and the one in fr front, I forgot its name. Can you... You can see how they've really grown. How much can I trim them, and when is the best time? Okay, those are a spirea, and the one is a lilac. So the other one looks like a bridalry spirea. You can take about a third off the top and just shape them right now. At this time of year, it's a perfect time for both those. Um, just so keep them off the sidewalk. Just do any of your trimming, shaping. Most spireas, potentillas, um, they can be done anytime over the winter. And, and you'll be totally fine. So just, yeah, just trim those up. I see the lilac now that's lost all its leaves. You have lots of growth going up. Just take it back down, and uh, and you should be totally fine with that as well. And where are we at for time? I'm still okay. And actually, I'm just going to do one more text, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll, we'll hit a couple phone calls, hopefully. Let's go here. I'm just waiting. My, my text is a little bit slow. Here we are. Good morning, Merle. I have a little gray-looking flies on my houseplants, and they are eating them. I can see them in the soil. I've sprayed pure spray green three times, but does not kill them. Help. I mean, it is Phil. Listening to your show. Um, the biggest thing with that, too, is slow down the watering. Those are typically, they're called fungus gnats. And what I would do is stir up the soil a bit too, like aerate it. So that way you sort of stir it up and you sort of just get more airflow going into the soil. And just move it into a brighter spot, give it another shot of pure spray green, but just slow down on the watering. Like just, um, just totally stop. And if it's really bad, I would even just, you could just remove the top um, half inch of soil if you want, and get rid of it and put new soil on top. And that would definitely help. But the biggest thing is this really slow down on the watering and uh, and you'll see a big difference. This time of year is when we see a lot of fungus gnats because we continue to water a lot of times the same way we've been watering all summer. 
and they just don't dry out as much because there's not as much sunshine. But right now I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Good morning and welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Kim. Good morning, Kim. Hey, good morning. I was just calling to find out, um, are there sub-varieties of Brandon Cedar that come in different heights? Um, yeah, there's a few different, like there's like a Globe Cedar. Um, there's lots of different varieties of cedars. Uh, no, under the Brandon Cedar though. Um I don't believe so. I think that the Brandon is, it's it's kind of a common name too. So typically they are in, uh, they they're more of the vertical type cedar. Yeah, it's just that I've got upright cedars, and I have some that were field grown that are performing really well. And I got one pot grown, and it's not doing as well, so it hasn't grown as tall. And that made me wonder if maybe it's a shorter variety or something. No, there's, um, I, I I don't think so. Okay. But I could be wrong. I'm just sort of going to Google it real quick. But I don't believe so. Like they're they're typically one like one size. They're just that vertical cedar. Right. Um, usually sort of a, I always say there's a 50-50 chance in Calgary if they're going to survive. Oh, no, they've, uh, they've been surviving. It's just, as I said, I bought field-grown ones, you know, the kind that they cut out of the field and, you know. Yeah, the ones in the real clay, heavy clay. Yeah, and I, all I in did the pot. I just removed all that heavy clay before I potted them or planted them in the ground, and they've all done really well. But I also got one that they said would do better because it's grown in the pot, and I found it's not doing as well. So then I just wondered if maybe it's The only shorter. thing with the ones in the pot, you have to ensure that you give them a bit more water because they're grown in a less soil, like a, more of a soilless mix. Mm-hmm. But typically they do do better. The, you, typically the ones in the in the play that are dug in the field grown yeah. usually don't do as well here. Huh. Um, so you've uh, you've debunked that uh, theory. So good job, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> okay, no. And, and really, um, if if they have the clay in the right spot, like you said, they they hold the moisture a little better. So you, when if you buy one and you and you plant it and it's been grown in a pot, you just have to ensure that you give it more of that slow deep watering and and making sure that it gets rooted in properly because in our dry summers that's sort of where our soil just works like a wick and it pulls the moisture out of the pot when you put it in the ground yeah so well, well they're all quite a number of years old and they all get watered pretty much the same so then i just thought oh maybe it's a different you know a shorter variety or something okay I, I, and a lot of times in nurseries tags get mixed or some look just like a brandon cedar but they're not a brandon cedar like there's so many different varieties of cedars so it's yeah well, they're, um, yeah they're all upright so yeah but even in that there's so many different like just varieties okay of of different cedars so it's and um depending on when they brought them in like I've seen lots of columnar aspen um, tagged tower poplars or tower poplars tagged sold as columnar aspens. And a lot of times cedars, people just assume. And when you buy them at someplace, something they just tag them all Brandon because that's the one name they know. Okay. So, so unfortunately, but if they all seem to be doing well, that's great. 
All right. Do you use any of the wilt proof or anything like that on them? Or? No, I don't. I don't treat them at all. I don't fertilize them. That's I just good. Water them. Well, okay. I just. Well, I you just, know what? And that's the best thing. Like I see people wrap them in with burlap. Sometimes that's the worst thing you can do because it sort of creates like an oven and it kind of burns them. No. So you're just you just treat them like a tree out there. Water them. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. And I'm just going to go to the text line. <laughs> I got one. This is, is this too much love? Water. Um, spider plant with brown ends. Spider plants are notorious for that. And it kind of looks like the pot you have, and I'm not too sure if it has any drainage. Um, what it, A lot of times it's just salt buildup in those when you get that much thing. So I'd ensure that that pot gets um, or has good soil drainage and some holes in the bottom so you can flush it out once in a while. So that's all I would do. Looks like it's could use to be repotted as well. It looks in a fairly big pot or fairly small pot compared to the size of the plant. And so I would look at uh, transplanting that and then just ensuring that it has a pot with some drainage of some sort just so you uh, you don't get that salt buildup. So, so just get some scissors and just cut off just above the yellow on those leaves and uh, they'll be fine. If they get worse, just pull off the whole thing when it goes yellow. I notice there's a couple that are totally yellow. Just pull those off. That way the plant isn't wasting its energy trying to rejuvenate old leaves. You just want that energy going to nice new leaves and, uh, and going from there. All right. Here we have uh, – here's a, a texture. I have a Trinidad scorpion pepper growing in a pot container. How to keep the plant growing and producing peppers over the winter. Thanks. Um, if, very similar to any house plant is I would continue to feed it with a 15-30-15, sort of at least once a month. Keep it in a fairly bright spot. If, and if you don't have any um, any bright lights, I would, I would uh, subsidize it with uh, bring in some nice grow light of some sort. I oh, know we have them that you can screw them right into any fixture or if you if you want to get some of the sun blaster like the three foot or the two foot you can get that as well and uh, and use that to go but you should be good ensure it's in a good well-drained pot lots of soil and just ensure that you don't overwater it peppers don't like to be overwatered they can run a little bit on the drier side so you'll be good to go i need to take a quick break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr welcome back to let's talk gardening i'm merle coombs and having a couple uh conversations here on the text says good morning merle i work as a gardener and coach your advice at work we've been doing a lot of fall cleanups and the guidelines, I, I typically say 30%, and she's just asking me, is it 20 or 30 if you're going to reduce some of your shrubs? I, I'm 20 or 30. It really depends on the type of plant that you're looking at. But I'm, I'm not just doing the canopy. When I'm say, if I say 30%, I, I kind of divide. I look at the whole shrub. So if it's three feet, sometimes... I would take 12 inches off of it. And it really depends on on how bad it it needs it. I usually, I'm not one on shaping every single year. So I, I like to just, if, if I'm just shaping every year, you probably only take 10% off. 
and just continue to shape it like potent tillers just sort of you're removing a bunch of the dead um dead wood and things like that so i i think it can go um anywhere from 10 to 30 percent and and it's good unless it really needs and you see that it's been it's been shaped so many years sometimes you need to do the 100 percent the rejuvenation and that's taking it right down to the ground like that's a lot of your spireas your nine barks um potentillas a lot of those shrubs you can just do the full rejuvenation where you just take it down to two or three inches off the ground and all that energy goes into new growth and you're not trying to waste it on any of that old growth and uh, and going from there and I just got one more. Hi, Merle. Just wondering, is it possible to grow a mandarin orange seed? I saw one in a magazine. Absolutely. And you can do that. You just you got to save the seed, um, let it dry, and very similar to doing the lemon thing. So, But you could definitely do that and, uh, and give that a shot. If you grab some of that and if you go into the store, you can chat with one of the, one of the girls in there or guys, and they'd be more than happy to help you out with that as well. But right now, I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to pull up Kim. Good morning, Kim. Yeah, I feel like I should be singing a Christmas song or something. <laughs> yeah, no, we're almost we're almost there. We're not far off, though, right? Like, you, if you think about it, we're mid, almost mid-November. We're sort of the 8th of November. What are you, 9th of November, 8th? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> before you know it, it uh, it's December. And yeah. I know... Our designer team has been going crazy trying to get everything out. And if we didn't start, like they start in October, if they yeah. didn't start in October, like I said, we're only halfway done. So they're working hard to get it done by the end of this coming week, just well, so we have it ready for the Christmas season. So, do you know what? so what I, else I, is up? I used to work for a company called Eaton. It was a department oh, yeah. store. And yep. we used to have Christmas. We were just barely getting through um, our October, our Halloween-ish time, and we already had boxes at our shipping doors that was Christmas. So th we're talking about 20 years ago, but it's even like Christmas is like August this year. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's okay. a we don't we don't go that early. But what else? Well, how else can I help you, Kim? Yeah, I'm <clears> gonna ask only because I had beautiful weather where I live, kind of north of Strathmore. So I yep. did lots of perennial planting and trimming and so on and so forth. And I also dug my holes for my garlic. I had so much garlic. It was a fabulous year. So my question is, if I were, and I I know we're going to get some nice weather as much as looking out the yep. window, you're going winter is here, but we can get a, a couple of nice days. So can I go out there? And I've had in previous where garlic has turned to mush. So if it, I've got it in the southwest facing location, can I just stick those little cloves in and cover it with some good dirt and say, oh, you go. Absolutely. Okay, thank you so yeah, much. No, I think in the ground, like you were saying, it won't be totally frozen. So... I, I think we're people are still planting a few bulbs that they have. As long as you can dig through the soil, get it down there, um, you'll be totally fine. You know, last week you had someone on on your show, <clears throat> and they talked about um, 
I think it was a crocus that was blooming for them now. And I have in previous, because I worked in the garden center almost 20 years, so I have in the previous planted it various times. Oh, there's a bag of that. I wonder if I can still plant it. So I've got a crocus that blooms early spring and then again in the fall, so I get two bloomings off of it. Have you ever heard such a thing? Well, I've seen rare occasions on those, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So it's kind of, but plants, like I said, sometimes they just react a little bit different, and uh, and that's how it is. Eh? So it's kind of. Can I can I ask one more question? I one more quick one. We got okay. Yeah, I planted a sumac, sumac, um, yep. which is all along the east side of the house, um, about a foot away from the house foundation. I know it wasn't the best location, but it's sheltered from our wicked wind out in the boonies here. So. Um, should I cover the base of that sumac? And I would just I would just add some mulch. Yeah, just yeah. add some mulch and stuff like that. That would be totally fine. And say six inches from the trunk or the main yep. stem. Okay, thank yep. you so much, Lee. And Mary All right, Mary. have a great day. Okay, thanks. Bye bye. All right, if you'd like to join us after the break, phone lines are wide open 403 974 8255 or 1 800 563 7770. And uh, give us a shout. That is the talk and text line. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Light snow and minus nine in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Joe Biden has been elected as the 46th president of the United States, and reactions are pouring in from Alberta's energy sector. The NDP's statement focused on the future of the Keystone XL pipeline, a project that was rejected by the Obama administration before being reviewed under President Donald Trump. Biden has previously vowed to stop construction, but former Alberta Natural Resources Minister Amarjeet Sohi says there may be a way forward. We need to demonstrate that this project will be built to the highest safety standards, to the highest environmental standards, and Jason Kenney would have to show a strong commitment that he takes climate change seriously. Premier Jason Kenney pointed to Alberta as being the United States' largest source of oil imports, adding much of the American economy is fueled by Alberta Energy and that he looks forward to working with Biden's team. Calgary police are searching for a missing man today. Police are currently trying to locate Aftar Singh Kalakt, who went missing from his neighborhood in Cornerstone Saturday. According to investigators, Kalkat was last seen at his home around 4.45 in the afternoon Saturday. He is described as South Asian in his late 50s, 5'10 tall with a thin build, thinning black hair and brown eyes. He may be wearing white shoes, brown pajama pants, a light blue jacket and dark green shirt. Police say they are concerned for his well-being and they're asking anyone with information to contact police. Members of Calgary's Black Lives Matter movement speaking out about an incident of vandalism in northwest Calgary, the second of its kind. Global's Carolyn Curry-DeCastillo reports. 
Container Park in Sunnyside is a pop-up arts and culture hub organized by Springboard Performance, where artists use shipping containers as their canvas. The Black Lives Matter shipping container was first painted back in June as part of a fundraiser for BLM, but it was vandalized a few months later. A new Black Lives Matter image was painted about a week ago, and it too was damaged this week. The executive director of Springboard Performance won't speculate on if the damaged art was randomly tagged or targeted. She says in intense times comes intense art and that art has its place to reflect what the community is feeling. Nicole Mion says her group is now determining what the repaint of the shipping container will look like. She says there's been a lot of feedback online from people who want to fix the painting. The executive director of Black Lives Matter Calgary says the vandalism shows how much work still needs to be done to combat racism in Alberta. Carolyn Curry, De Castillo, Global News. A large portion of B.C. residents are back into strict pandemic restrictions as cases spike in the Fraser Health and Coastal Health regions. Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Hendry says the limits on social interactions, sports and travel in those regions will last for two weeks in the hope that cases will go down. We need to go back to what we were doing in March and April and May, where it was essential travel only. And we recognize that there are very valid and important reasons why people have to move to different areas of the province. But we also recognize that this virus travels with people and we bring our risk with us. Meanwhile, in Ontario, 1,328 new cases of the virus were reported today. That's a record daily total for the province. Ontario also saw 13 more deaths. Mad Canada's Red Ribbon campaign reached a milestone this year. The campaign, which raises awareness to prevent drunk driving during the holiday season, is celebrating its 25th anniversary. National President of Mad Canada, Jamie Lynn Hancock, says Project Red Ribbon kicked off today and will be in effect until January. We will be distributing thousands of red ribbons and red ribbon car decals for you to put on your vehicles, tie on your keychains, purses and backpacks. These ribbons symbolize a person's commitment to sober driving. Mad Canada says approximately 65,000 Canadians are impacted by impaired drivers annually. Global News Sky Tracker weather, 2 to 4 centimeters of snow today. There will be plenty of wind with it blowing north at 50 kilometers per hour. Gusts of up to 70 this morning. A high of minus 8, but the wind chill making it feel like a minus 21. Clearing tonight and light wind as well with a low of minus 11. Sunny tomorrow and a high of minus 2. It's minus 9 degrees in downtown Calgary. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open 403-974-8255 or out of town 1-800-563-7770. I'm going to go to the phone line and chat with Marlies. Good morning, Marlies. Hi, it was time to call you about my Diefenbach. Yeah, I have three and two of them developed um, bloom and... Uh, the one in the living room had two blooms, but just developing. One was yeah. a veil. Pardon? I said yes. I'm just. Yeah. And um, one kind of got uh, turned brown and 
dissipated. And the other one uh, was nice and kind of close, but the tip was uh, kind of whitish. And I thought it's going to bloom because I had one years ago in Manitoba and it had a gorgeous blossom, but it had an awful smell. And suddenly now it turns brown again, like, and didn't go. Just the bloom is turning brown? Yeah, just the tip of it. It didn't even open. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what... A lot of it is they're not really known for their blooms, right? Like they bloom a little bit once in a while. Um, more if they kind of get maybe stressed out a little bit, oh, they'll send out a bloom. Yeah, because, which is... Uh, yeah. I had those for years here, and uh, none of, you know, they look nice. And one is planted with some other plants in a big pot, and the other one is separate uh, by itself. But yeah, I it could just root bound a bit if it's been in the same pot for a long time. Yeah. Sometimes that'll spur on, um, um, get them to bloom because then they think I'm using up all my space. I have nowhere to go. I need yeah. to reproduce, right? So then but, they send out some seeds to to reproduce. So and I was looking forward because I remember the blossom. Mind you, the smell wasn't great, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, they don't smell good. A lot of those plants, um, like those yuccas, jades, and a lot of the plants that bloom not very often, that plants that aren't known for their blooms, yeah. when they do bloom, typically it smells. Usually it's not a great uh, fragrance it, it for was, them. Uh, so really like a, a drug smell. I don't know how drugs smell, but it was... <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah. I told the kids, you can't go in the living room. It's it's impossible. There was no window to open. So, But I remember it was gorgeous, and I think I still have a picture. I took a picture of it. But anyway, uh, thank you. So I was kind of curious. How come it suddenly started? <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. That's now. why you probably okay. just got stressed out. So it's probably ready to get transplanted. Yeah, so, okay. And you can transplant um, your Diefenbachias right now at this time. If you want to get into a nice, just go into something that's two or three inches bigger uh-huh. and uh, a nice clay or ceramic pot. Make sure you get a good potting soil and okay. then you're good for a few years. But definitely... Uh, You'll be amazed at how much it'll grow too. Like a lot of people have these big foliage plants like yeah. Diefenbachias and Monsteras and they don't really grow. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you put them into a new pot with soil and you'll yeah. just be amazed at how much they'll they'll just go like crazy. So Well, the leaves look gorgeous. I mean dark awesome. green with white and and you know what? Yeah. Another thing, just a quick one of my Swedish ivies are just transplanted from a, sort of a mother plant. And it has blossoms, white blossoms too. And it's just sitting in that pot for a few months. I don't care. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, anyway. and that sometimes they just, like I said, they'll, like I said, they are living things and they yeah. don't just follow all the rules. No. And I, if you okay, get some blooms, yeah. enjoy yeah. it. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It's absolutely. Lovely. All right. Well, thanks yeah. for calling. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you Bye. so much. Bye bye. All right, and I have a text here. It says, good morning, Merle. Can you comment on any tall pine varieties, not cedars, that will grow tall and provide nice linear blind? Um, Any of this kind of stuff in Calgary is tougher to achieve. Um, As far as an evergreen, the pines, the mountain pine, it stays fairly narrow, like it's sort of under the 10 feet wide. 
typically, and they're they're a gorgeous pine. There is the tuna pine. There is a columnar um, mugo pine as well. Um, but they just they do take a long time to to grow to give you any kind of uh, substance, I guess. Um, but the mountain pine would be the quickest one, and I would look at those for that. Or the North Pole spruce is one that we really like and are recommending for people to use if you're trying to do that evergreen hedge or just that taller evergreen look if you're trying to create something that looks like a cypress of some sort. Um, those work really, really well for that. And uh, just trying to think what other pine. Limber pine is another nice one that stays fairly narrow. And uh, yeah, but they're, again, they're not going to give you if you're looking for blockage, they won't. They're going to create that. They're just going to be that nice focal point um, thing. And yeah, I just got another text from Wyona. I have some bottles of neem oil. Is that the same as pure spray green, or does it do the same thing as pure spray green? I think I have fungus nuts. Yes, um, neem oil was taken off the market in Canada as a horticultural product. Um, it's just that they wanted the registration fee, and it's typically around a million dollars for someone to register a product like neem oil or something like that in the horticultural field. It's And it's just too expensive for people to get any kind of, by the time you make your million dollars back, it, you have to sell so much of that in Canada. We just don't have the population. But neem oil, if you have some of that, it is very similar to the pure spray green. Um, it has the same attributes. It's, it works as a fungus as well. And uh, and you go from there. And she goes, also, we are planning to replace some brick on the front of our house, so had to remove four plants. We put them in pots and then put them in holes in the garden. Is that a good thing? Absolutely. Actually, that's perfect. Um, we covered with cocoa peat. Um, that should be fine. Just make sure you water them in well and just keep them covered up really well for the winter. And um, you're talking hydrangeas and spirea and a rose. So all those varieties you should have no issues with. I would just get it in the ground as soon as you can um, early spring and uh, and um, and then replant them in the, in the spots where you want them to be. And they should do really fine. Um, at that point, when you do that, use some Rage Plus or 105210, something with high middle number just to help get the roots going and uh, make sure they're well watered and you should be good. And all those varieties that you have there will also require full sun. So, and I think we forgot to dig out a peony, which is in a different location. Yeah. Peonies don't like to be moved. So I, if you can wait till spring, I would wait till spring and just move it in the springtime and put it in the one spot where you want it to go. Cause otherwise they just, they don't like to be moved a whole lot. So that's what I would do with that. And I got one more text here. It says, this is from John, how often should an old spruce be trimmed? Mine are well-shaped. And, and John, I think I know, I would just, if you're trying to keep that shape, you almost have to keep on it every year or every two years. To, if you're trying to keep that nice rounded shape on your evergreens, otherwise they grow out of it fairly quickly. Um, it's not something we totally recommend, but I know yours have been shaped for a long time. 
And so by all means, it's just something that you do need to do, though, like I said, probably at least every two years, if not every year sort of thing, if you want to keep them tight. So all depends on how, how fussy you are on the tightness of the look that you're going for. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Vern. Good morning, Vern. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Vern? Uh, I'm good. Good, thanks. Hey, I've got an evergreen Good, good. How can I help you? Oh, sorry. Okay. I have an evergreen tree that's yep. dropping needles uh, for no apparent reason. Okay. Is it uh, mainly all in the center? You know, I can't even tell where it's coming from. Uh, yeah, I'll take a itself. look at it. At, typically at this time of year, a lot of evergreens, they go through a natural shedding process. And they'll typically shed the needles out of the middle of the tree. Uh-huh. And it's it's a natural process. So I probably wouldn't worry a whole lot about it. Um, when it warms up again this week, you might want to ensure that you maybe get out, give it a good hosing down and give it a little extra water going into winter. Oh, and uh, okay. Yeah, Sorry. and just a soaker hose underneath the drip line, and or even any of the snow. If you get any piles of snow close by, you can pile it underneath there. That will definitely uh-huh. help it. Um, okay. But I, w- I probably wouldn't, unless it's on the right outside. If it's all on the inside, sort of thing, two, about three or four feet out from the center, depending on how big a tree it is, um, you're you're usually totally fine. They just go through that just okay. that natural shedding process. So it looks scary for a bit. You sort of see it. A lot of people, I get a lot of calls at this time of year. and uh, But for the most part, you'll be totally fine. So it's probably not disease or anything. It's probably just a natural thing, then, eh? Yep. Just a natural shedding process. It just uh, it goes through it every two to three years, depending on um, conditions. And with it being a bit drier this year, some of mm-hmm. them, it's a little bit more. And uh, yeah, it, it's, but for the most part, like I said, as long as it's not on the outside needles of the branches, you're you're fine. Perfect. All righty. All right. That's great. Anything Thank else you. I can help you with, or are you are good? Uh, well, I wish I could say I was good, but no, there's nothing else on my mind. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, have a good one, Vern. Take care. Okay. Yeah, but you bet. Thank you. Take care. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Jean on the phone lines. Good morning, Jean. Uh, good morning. I have a four-inch Christmas cactus that just finished blooming uh, do I throw it away, or do I cut the blooms off, or will it come again next year? Yeah, yeah it'll, it'll re-bloom again for you. So just, just treat it like a houseplant. Um, so you might want to put that into a bigger pot. Oh, I see. Um, if it's in a little four-inch pot, maybe you want to put it into a six- or an eight-inch pot, and uh, and that way it'll be good for a few years in that in that size of pot. And just treat it like a houseplant. Put it in a good sunny location. And, and it, it, it might bloom two or three times a year for you. Will it? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I've had it over a year. I got it as a gift. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Yep. So just put it into a new pot with mm-hmm. some nice soil. And uh, and uh, you should be good to go. And mine typically blooms two to three times a year. So. Well, thank you. Shall do that. Yeah. 
Thank Alrighty, you. well, enjoy it. Thank, Thank you. you. It's gorgeous. Bye bye. Perfect. Bye, Jean. All right. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open 403 974 8255 or 1 800 563 7770. And I'm going to just go to the phone line. And I have a question from Dwight just asking, what is your opinion on these steel-raised garden beds? They're sort of those corrugated metal troughs. I like them because um, they're kind of they're durable. They're going to last forever. And, uh, and they kind of give you that. Depends on what look you're going for. If you have a real – actually, they look good in a modern setting as well nowadays. Like sometimes you'll see that corrugated – galvanized look in a lot of in modern gardens and it also goes with a more of a natural farm garden type thing so i like them and again they're nice and deep so they're typically in the 18 to 24 inches deep so i i I really like them as a as a pot and they radiate the heat well off the sun so i wouldn't hesitate on those dwight i think you'll be happy happy with those for sure and where am I at here? I'm going to go to another text. Can I still fertilize my lawn now that there's a bit of snow on the ground? Last fertilized mid-August. Absolutely. Now's a great time still if you if you want to get that one last fall application on. Just uh, wait till it warms up a little bit. But this coming week looks perfect. It's supposed to warm up a little bit and uh, put it on there. You can put it right into your flower beds as well. And uh, you'll be totally fine. It just adds that little bit of nourishment for for the springtime to get it up and going. And uh, I think you'll be very happy. And uh, enjoy the green grass. I get so many people that have, have started on the Green It Up program. And uh, I love seeing the pictures and the comments. And especially the, a lot of the guys come in and I, I always wonder why they're buying three or four bags. And they go, I have to get some for my buddy. I have to get the good stuff. So it's it's nice to see people being kind and they want to share like that. So it's kind of nice. All right. And I got and I got one more here. And text in late September, I moved in and I hibiscus inside. It has stopped producing buds. What advice do you have? Um, so September to now. I would just ensure that it's in a good location, nice and bright. Check for any spider mites and and aphids, hibiscus. They love hibiscus. And I would just start on the fertilizer with those. They do like the 30-10-10. They like the little bit different fertilizer than the average flowering. So just go to a 30-10-10 and you'd be good to go on those. And I'm going to go to the phone line and we're going to chat with Myrna. Good morning, Myrna. Nope. Maybe not. Myrna's not there. Is Myrna off there or is she? I guess she's gone. All right. Unfortunately, we lost Myrna. If you want to call back, Myrna, just give us a shout back at uh, 403 974 8255. And we'll get you back up on the line. If anybody else wants to call, we do have some spots open as well. And uh, typically at this time of year, people. We tend to talk a little less about gardening, but there's still lots to talk about. And here we go. I got a nice, beautiful picture of text coming. I love the new texting. I know we've had it for a couple of years now, so it's been awesome. It just makes it so much nicer um, to be able to answer questions and, and do different things. 
So what do I got here? It says, whoa, I must have missed a whole bunch. How, where do these all come from? <laughs> I was in a different spot, and all of a sudden I got like 30 texts come in, so that's good. Um, where are we at? I'm going to just find these pictures. No, actually, these are all just coming back up as newly planted, which is kind of weird on me. I'm sorry. I'm babbling on right here. And I'm going to go up top here. Here we are. Hi, Merle. What is this lovely purple plant? I'm not sure what it is, but it's less purple. Um, I'm actually not too sure as well. I'm going to do a little bit of research on that one, and I will find out exactly what that is for you after the break. And then I also got a picture of her gorgeous Christmas cactus. And again, that one technically is a Thanksgiving cactus. It has the pointy things, and it is blooming like crazy, beautiful fuchsia. Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous, lots of blooms. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous. And, and so, oh, yeah, sorry, I missed your comment on air. Thanks. Um, regarding the cedars that will grow tall. I will, I'll text you some on the break here. She was asking about the larger um, pine trees that are more vertical, and I will, I will send that to you um, from there. But right now I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Light snow and minus nine in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. President-elect Joe Biden heads into his first full day as president-elect with key staffing decisions to make, including the top West Wing post-chief of staff. The always frenzied 10-week transition period before Inauguration Day on January 20th has already been shortened by the extra time it took to determine the winner of Tuesday's election. While the wind warning for the city of Calgary has been lifted, it made driving difficult last night. Between 4 o'clock and 10 o'clock, Calgary police responded to four crashes Saturday involving injuries and 20 non-injury. Alberta reported 919 new COVID-19 cases yesterday, along with five new deaths. Although the government's website noted that due to technical issues, the numbers were preliminary. Global News Sky Tracker weather cloudy in Calgary today with the high of minus eight. It's minus nine. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. It is 1032. Still looks like it's a little bit chilly out there. Minus eight. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and Myrna is back on. Good morning, Myrna. Good morning. Uh, How are you doing? I'm, oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Good, good. Um, How can I, I help have, you? Well, I've grown tomatoes basically all my life, most of my life. And this year okay. is the first year I've had that blossom end rot. And I believe okay. at one point you said it was a lack of calcium in the soil. Yeah, that's typically what that is. And how do I get calcium back into my soil? Um, do you use new soil? Are you growing in the ground or are you growing in pots? In the ground. Okay. Um, you need to use a calcium supplement. And uh, mo a lot of the good fertilizer, like the tomato fertilizers, have a calcium added to it. Oh, And okay. if not, we have one that is specific for the blossom end rot. comes in a yellow container. 
Okay. And we have it down at Spruce It Up, and it's specifically for that. I would just ensure that you add some um, – make sure you amend your soil. Right. Um, tomatoes are very heavy feeders as well. Yes. So if you're if you're planting them in the same spot, just ensure yeah. that you add some some new nourishment into the soil for them. Okay. Do but and if you're growing the bigger, sorry, go ahead. Do eggshells help at all? Not really. Like there's okay. a bit of that, but you don't really know, right? Like, like I hear people say they use it, and yeah. um, but you just you don't have any control of it, so. Um, I, I, if I'm doing something, I like to know that it's going to have the effect. If I'm going to add the calcium to it, then I know right. it's going to work. Okay. And it all depends on, are they organic egg, these eggs, or, <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't know all the stuff, like how fast are things produced nowadays? Like sometimes yeah. you hear like they, they <laughs> hatch a chicken and to production and harvest it. I heard it's only like six or eight weeks or something. Like it's amazing oh like how goodness. fast. Yeah, so you you got to know we're pumping them with some stuff. So yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So on, on those kind of things, I, I said that I would just use a good, like I said, the, we have a couple of really good organic tomato foods that have the calcium supplements. I would just ensure using that. The Evolve is a great one as well. So oh, just okay. from the same company that makes the Rage Plus. Right. Okay. Okay, sounds All good. All right. You bet. Awesome. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks for yeah. calling, Myrna. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Kim. Good morning, Kim. Hey, I have a question. Um, okay. Are there I is, is it still available? Back in the day, we used to have an evergreen, and it was called Fat Albert. Yes. And it's very full. Is that still available? Yes, the Fat Albert spruce are still available. It's typically a shorter. Yep. Um, yep, and it's it's actually and the needles. It almost seems a little like the branching on them are a little bit fatter. I guess is sort yeah, of. Yeah, I guess exactly. it's sort of the Fat Albert. So it's still available, but, uh, and and you folks have. Um, the opportunity to purchase? Or yeah, yeah and we typically always have it. We, we usually bring in a few over the summer. Um, people are going a lot more for the columnar spruce. Yeah, the Fat Albert isn't one that sells a ton because they do get a little bit wider. Out in the country, but, you can have whatever you want. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. No. And so if you're looking for something like that, just, just give me a shout in the spring and I'll, I can ensure I can get you some okay. whatever again, size. If you want to start three or four feet or 10 feet. The warranty with your um, live goods in the summertime. Yeah, we, we do it. anything in the pots. Everything comes with a two-year warranty. We have the best warranty in the business. So okay. all our and trees so and shrubs in the pots. That two Albert years. would come in like a 50-gallon pot or a 20-gallon? No, it depends on what size if you want. If you want to do a 20-gallon, okay. absolutely. Okay. Yep. And and uh, is your warranty um, apparent with a certain type of fertilizer being purchased with no. the product? No. No. No, okay. not for the two year. If you want to extend it to five years, we do have the Mike's program okay. that you can you can add to it. But our typical in our store warranty is two years. But if you do want the five year warranty, we do offer that as well with the Mike's program. It's sort of like buying insurance. You have okay. to buy so much Mike's with it, and then you apply it to the root system. Yeah, and it's a mycorrhiza that it does work really well. 
Okay. But we're pretty confident in a lot of our trees and shrubs that we're, we're willing to offer a two-year warranty and on that. So, so as long as they're not eaten by, like, deer, yeah. mice, stuff like that. Like, okay. as long as the plant, yeah. Okay. One other question. Um, would you suggest that that Fat Albert would be good a good choice for a south-facing? South Absolutely. It needs, it needs a lot of sun. Yeah. Um, so it, it it's great. Like they they're they're a nice hardy shrub. Just make sure you don't plant them too deep, okay. and uh, you'll be good to go. Probably. I always leave all my evergreens up two or three inches. Like the pot when I grow when I plant them, I always leave the pot sticking out of the ground two to three inches, oh, and I it, mound up to it. That way they it, don't. Go ahead. Yeah, they prefer that. They don't like to be buried too deep. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Excellent. Thank right. you. Answer the question. Thanks. Thanks, Kim. As always. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 All right. And I'm just going to do a couple texts. Then after the break, I'll go to Bill. And I brought in some outdoor pepper plants from the outdoors. I didn't realize they were full of aphids and be able to get rid of them. I, I seem to be able to knock them off with neem oil, but they come back. Any idea how to get rid of them? Thanks, John. John, you need to do it, and unfortunately, it's it's a process of doing it um, every five days because their aphids are pretty much born pregnant. So you need to break the cycle. So if you do it today, do it in five days, do it again in five days, and maybe one more time in five days, um, that should definitely help get rid of them at that point. Even if you did it every three days, it was even that would work as well. You just got to break the cycle and. Uh, and to help get rid of them at that point and should make a big difference. But right now, I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me after the break, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back. You're uh, welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. <clears throat> Sorry, I got uh, just went into a daze there for a second. All better now. I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Bill. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. How you doing? Good. Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Hey, a couple things. I don't know if you have the uh, text of the yeah. picture I sent of the cherry. Yes, there. I do. Yeah. yeah. So I know you have the so netting over top. Yeah, we have, uh, and those things are, they're in a great spot. It's south facing and pretty sheltered. And uh, we'll yeah, those more. are in a perfect spot, um, Bill, because you, you, you got them up against somewhat into a, up against the house. It's sort of, that's just like a big microclimate in there. So it just, the heat will radio, radiate off the stucco, and uh, that's an ideal spot. Yeah. And we're getting like, I get people asking me what kind of cherries they are because we're getting like 75 pounds a year off of those, the main bush and then the two that have suckered off of it. Yeah, they look like they're Evans cherries to me. Um, yeah. Is there's, they're not super sweet, are they? A little bit sour? A little bit sour, but not bad. Yeah. I mean, opinions vary yeah. on them depending on your taste, but yeah, okay. I'm always happy. Hey, if I'm eating real cherries like this and they're growing in our region, I'm very happy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not too fussy on the taste. 
Yeah, because last week you had a couple people calling about cherries, and I thought, well, I don't think these are Evans, but uh, they sure are productive, and they work here, and, you know, that they're 20-plus years old kind of thing now, but... Anyway. Yeah, so th- that's that's probably the what they are because those are the ones that were first brought out. Um, the Evans cherry was the the first sort of sour cherry that was produced for our region. So my guess that it, it's probably an Evans, um, if I was to guess on it. And just looking at the picture, it, it looks like in the color of the fruit and stuff. Um, yeah, and back on and, that uh, text notice- about three ones back there's a close-up of the cherry and it actually comes with a stem and someone is saying the Evans doesn't necessarily have a stem the same way no and they they do um all of them will grow on a um i guess uh, they'll all grow on a uh a grow like on a stem or a tree depends how they've been um trained yeah i'm looking at the close-up i'm almost positive that's an evans cherry okay. like it's real close yeah no yeah. awesome okay. looking fruit so, too and you oh, and yeah. you do the right thing with the bird netting it keeps them um keeps them out of that which is great and uh yeah. so no and again perfect spot because they're just um that microclimate makes all the difference you sort of get that nice heat radiating off and gets yeah. them producing perfectly so Awesome. Now, we also have in there, um, you don't see it in that picture, but I've got Saskatoons that have grown to like 15 feet, and I've probably planted a pile of them when we first moved in here. And we wanted to prune those back or take them out because we've got like lots of them now. Um, Is there a good time of year to do the Saskatoons? Can I go at them now that they've gone into dormant or... Yeah, you can prune them back at this time. If you want to move them, I would wait to early, early spring. And they move actually fairly easy. So if you want to move them in the spring, you could. Yeah, okay. And uh, last one, maybe. Um, Soil issues. I I start a bunch of stuff inside. Um, Yeah. And we had some issues with tomatoes last year where they got some kind of fungus and we had – you recommended that they just weren't coming back and we ended up planting more. Is there anything with regard to, I've been using a pro mix organic veggie soil um, yep. and just doing that. Is there anything that would be safer not to have that that wouldn't be organic that's maybe uh, where nothing would be alive in it or, I mean, we want no, to it, it just organic. It but- just happens to be, uh, it could have come on the plants. Um, and, and you start from seed. It's just one of those yeah. things that comes through, and they come. It reminds me of they get that hard, distorted look, right? Like they kind of curled up on you, if I remember, and they just kind of yep. went yep. Um, curled from the top. It reminds yep. me of someone who has really bad arthritis in their fingers, like their fingers curl over, and that's sort of how I, I identify it with the tomatoes. And it's a fungus, and once it gets in there, it. Um, it, it, it's not curable, so it's just better just to throw it all out, clean your pots, get rid of that soil. Um, sometimes, and it's not spread the same way, but people that smoke um, with wave petunias, it can cause, from the nicotine, it can cause a very similar disease to a lot of flowers like that, like the wave petunias, so from people that smoke. Hmm. So, yeah, No issue there. But, so- uh, um, yeah. Okay. So it's just and, sort of uh, one of those things, luck of the draw. You just got to, unfortunately, clean up your spot, and uh, and then you'll be good. 
Yeah, well, as you said, All we right. were early enough and planted new ones, and they produced good. Uh, last thing, awesome. um, I was fortunate enough to win uh, a bag and uh, the raised garden from Eagle Lake yep. at the beginning of the year last yep. year, and it yep. turned out awesome. So just wanted to update good. and say thanks and uh, enjoy the show as always. Yeah, it's no- great. All right. Thanks. Thanks for calling in, Bill, and we'll chat soon. Okay, thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. No, and always good, our good folks down at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply, they they have the big yellow bags, and uh, they sponsor the show in the springtime, and they they advertise a fair bit. And so thanks to them, and they, they have a multitude of, of products in their bags. So, um, And those bags, you if you do have any bags laying around the, your house, you can bring them back to spruce it up, and you get spruce bucks to spend in the store. So you bring the bags back, we'll give you some spruce bucks that you can redeem in store for product from us. But right now I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And I go right to the phone lines and we're going to go to Cody. Good morning, Cody. Good morning, can you Cody. Hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, absolutely. So I Just, uh, bought a property uh, north of Brooks, and it's really, really dry. And uh, okay. it's got a, I got a bunch of lilacs, uh, uh, about 60 feet of them that run east and west. The neighbor said that uh, she's been there 30 years, and so have they, but they're only about 18 inches tall. They're in a bit of a trench. And uh, I just wanted to know what I could do to get them to really start growing. They're they're old and established, but they're really small. <laughs> yeah, eighteen inches. Yeah, that's uh, they're they're not liking what's going on there because no, after thirty just, years. Yeah, never had water, right? Yeah, and they probably they could be planted too deep as well. So oh. that'd be one thing. I'd maybe go along and sort of like dig out around the base of them and maybe pull some of the soil away. Right. And just see if they're planted really too deep. And then I would just put a drip system if you can, if you have access to water. Um, I'd put bark mulch around them and then just put the, the drip system right over top. And it just right. and then you can just put an emitter at each location. And it's pretty cheap. You get that um, the emitter hose, you get a thousand feet for a couple hundred bucks. Right, right. And you just lay it out. And then you just have to hook it either to a tank or to uh, if you have a tap of some sort, if you can get water to them, and then the water just goes in slow and deep, and that's that would be my only thing I'd get going is just ensure that they're not planted too deep because typically if they're stunted like that, it leads me to think that they're maybe just they were planted, they dug them up and they popped them in back in the day like with an old hoe or something and just planted them too deep. Right. So how would I know if so I think might, about how deep I should? how deep they should be well you'll see down like if you dig down close by you'll see to see follow some of the older if there's any branching if they were just put down too deep so i would just remove some of them and sort of create like a mound so they look like they're mounded up instead of planted in a trench when because when you say they're planted in a trench it uh, leads me to think that they're they're just sitting too deep right so i i would create it so it's more like they're planted on a berm so more like they're mounted up so i would just pull a bunch of it away and right, have right. the have the trench like six eight inches away from them rather yep. than right right up to, 
if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I understand. Okay. Yeah, and then just try and get water to them and fertilize. Like you can even use like our 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 lawn fertilizer. You can just sprinkle a whole bunch of that right along in the trench with it. Mm -hmm. 16326 and that'll help get them blooming it'll help for the roots but there's also enough um, food in there to help with any kind of growth as well or if you want to hit them with a like a 20 20 20 a water soluble a few times throughout the summer just to get them really going good so but i would right. check the on the soil and all that first all right fair enough thank you sir all right thanks cody bye-bye all right and now I'm going to go to Jody. Good morning, Jody. Hi. Hi, Jody. How can I help you? Um, I wanted to ask you about trying, uh, this time of year with the muco pine being dormant. So if I just cut yeah. off some of the branches and strip away some of the bottom pine needles, dip them in some rooting hormone and put them in dirt, can I, will they root through the winter and then can I start them outside? And no. Um, typically, they don't do that a whole lot. Um, I haven't really. Typically, a lot of time we produce our evergreens with seed. Um, they're not one that you propagate typically like that. Okay. Um, most of the evergreens, um, they're all done by seed collection and mm -hmm. and off the pine cones. So do Mugo pine actually get pine cones? I've never seen them on there. Yeah. No, they absolutely do. You'll see little cones on them. Okay, so what's a good time um, to do that then? Um, well, typically you'll get them in the fall, and then you'll want to seed them early spring. Okay. Oh, All right. Yep. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, I haven't seen them done by cuttings before, and that's not saying that you can't do it, but I haven't seen it done that way. So typically they're they're uh, they're done through seed. Okay. But, how, how tall yeah. do they get, by the way? Mugos, well, depending on what varieties, um, some of them can get up to 10 feet tall uh, or larger, but a lot of them are only, there's also the dwarf ones. So depending on which one you're going to get your seed from. Yeah, but actually I'm just looking on a site and it says you can try um, try doing it with cuttings, um, but typically you want to do it in the springtime when you have new growth, when the soft growth, uh, and then do it in the springtime. So okay. I haven't seen them, and I know I don't know a lot of people that ever like everyone who reproduces most of the cuttings and stuff for us. Like in our, in propagation, they go from a seed. So, but okay, yeah, it says here you can do there? it. Yeah, it says you can basically do it four to six inches in length, um, in a loose soil, so a good just a good seedling soil, and and with a rooting hormone, and do that in the springtime after you get that new growth. So you'll do it sort of in June or July and you should be good. Give it a try. Okay. And how, um, do you guys sell Mugo pine there? Yes, we do. We have lots. Oh, yep. perfect. All right. All righty. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. And it does look like I have time to get to the last one, Stan. I can talk to you off air if you like. Um, it's a little harder. I'm doing the show from home now, but, we will be back next week. We'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.